Hey everyone, Karen here. I uh, just wanted to give you a brief update to the audio you're going to hear just before we start uh, to let you know we are going to be at the Knitter's Frolic on Saturday, April 29th in Toronto. You will hear about it later in the podcast. But what we didn't know at the time when we recorded was actually there's a member of the guild, Ramona. Hi, Ramona, who has uh, tried to set up sort of a meeting space for us. So there is going to be a podcaster meetup at one o'clock. It's not going to be in a room. So the directions I'm going to give you are going to be slightly vague right now. Basically, if you have been to the Frolic before, and you know the layout of the Japanese Cultural Center, if you go when you go in the main doors, and you make that left from past past the main doors, there's that hallway that goes sort of straight back and a sort of dog leg from the main doors, um, back where the, the classrooms are with the viewing area, somewhere in there, <laughs> we're going to have the meetup. Uh, Ramona said she was hoping that they were going to hopefully try and have a space sort of cordoned off um, because we won't have a room, but the, you know, the martial arts class and every classes and everything will still be going on. So she was hoping we would might have a little space to eke out. But um, otherwise, just look for a big crowd of people there. I will most likely be wearing the Peggy Carter hat again, just because it's so easy to spot. And at the very least, whatever the weather, I will be wearing my Agents of Sheep t-shirt. Um, and Maggie will either be probably be either wearing her Agents of Sheep t-shirt or her Nitwin Geek 2 t-shirt. So hopefully you'll be able to recognize us from them. And if you can find us, you can find the meetup. Um, we'll probably be in this similar sort of area, actually, around like 11, 11.30 for lunch, if anyone would like to sit down at the time, considering that's usually when we sort of run out of steam. Um, so if you can't stay past one or t- until one or, you know, you feel like having lunch at the same time, just, you know, come on over and find us. We'll be sitting over in that area. We'll try and find a somewhat secu- secluded spot of floor where we can sit <laughs> and relax for a little while. Um, so hoping to see you there. And just a reminder before we start, as I said later on, I'm going to be in Ottawa uh, the weekend after the frolic. I think it's the 5th to the 7th or something. So if anyone is in Ottawa and would like to get together, as I said later, my, my schedule is looking pretty packed because <laughs> I have a lot of stuff I want to see. But if anyone would like to get together for coffee and knitting and stuff at a cafe, just let me know. We'll see about working things out. Oh, and don't forget, if you're going to the Frolic, there is also the Frolic Social on the Sunday from 1 to 4. Um, the Marketplace is just going to be on the Saturday, but they're having a tea, afternoon tea and fashion show and speakers like Sally Melville and Stephanie Pearl McPhee, the yarn harlot. So if you're going to be in the Toronto area, like if you're coming to the frolic from far enough away, you're staying overnight on Saturday night, there's also going to be a tea and social the next day. Maggie and I won't be there, but other podcasters maybe. You can reserve tickets on the Toronto Knitters Frolic website, which is frolic.torontoknittersguild.ca. Um, they're $45 per person in advance on the Frolic website, or they're $50 at the Frolic itself. I believe there are still tickets available. At least it looks like it, according to the site. So hopefully we will see you there. Remember, Saturday, one o'clock, hallway. <laughs> Come by, show us what you've bought already. Say hello. We will have buttons. And hopefully we'll see you, see you then. Okay, on with the podcast. In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi. 
Hi everyone, it's April 9th, 2017, and you're listening to episode 114 of Knit One Geek Do. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we are coming from... A very clean, cozy basement with cookies and tea, because I'm happy <laughs> about that. And not the ICU. And not the ICU. For good reasons. For good reasons. Okay. There's no <laughs> snappy banter about this, people. And this is... I'm going to... Give you the Reader's Digest version, because it's not what the podcast is about. Yeah. There's it's, been, it's been a month. It's been a month. Okay. My husband had to go in to have routine, fairly simple surgery for a broken ankle. Complications ensued. He wound up on a respirator, sedated for a week in the intensive care unit at my hospital. Uh, he eventually spent, in total, three weeks at the hospital. He is now home and is recovering there are multiple ailments that we are having to deal with, which keep him very bedridden at the moment. And it was a very, very, very scary time for me, as Karen will attest to, because the wonderful Super Karen and the illustrious <laughs> Michelle came to be with me during a period in time when like, I had family come to my aid to support me during this time, but at one point my brother left to go pick up my mother from the airport and I asked if they would stay with me. So Karen and Michelle came over and of course brought knitting and um <laughs> Of course. Of course. And so, cookies. And cookies. And um so yeah that was actually the first thing I managed to eat was a cookie. Yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah, it was a very, very scary time. So I'm very happy to not be visiting the intensive care unit and a very happy to be in a clean uh, basement, finished basement with cookies and tea, not to be worried about those things right now. Yeah. So, yeah. And in the middle of all that, somewhere in there was my 40th birthday and stuff. Yeah. And that's stuff. been, that's just on pause. Yes. We are what, planning whatever. to do fun, we are, we're going to do fun stuff. Whatever. Whatever. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> You're not 40 yet. No. Well, okay, fine. Fine. That's fine. Like I told you, it doesn't count to your birthday until we can celebrate it. Okay, that's good, that's good. <laughs> um, I want to send out hugs and thanks to um, Red Parrot. She sent me a, a gift, a care package, um, not just for me, but for the Elfling as well. Who, I am, he, for anybody who's suddenly concerned, don't worry. Um, his high-functioning autism kept him, I think, uh, mostly protected from all of this because he can only focus on really what's right in front of him. So basically what we kept feeding him was daddy's very sick. He's at the hospital. He's getting better very slowly, but he is getting better. Just not as fast as you or mommy want. And he was released. He came home just this past Monday, which is almost a week ago. Yeah. Which was April 3rd. And we didn't tell him so that when he came home from school, my husband was there on the couch playing Overwatch and... Mind you, he can't move. He, his expanse of travel right now is the bed, bathroom, the living room. That's it. That's as far as he can go. Yeah. And Edmund Monkey is going to be okay. It's he's he's going to be fine. He's just... Usual dumb complications of, like, hospital stay. So, apologies if I haven't been around as much on the virtual knit nights or on Ravelry or online. <laughs> I've been a little bit busy. So, without... And believe it or not, this does affect my knitting. <laughs> it does. It would, yes. It does affect knitting. So, without further ado... Adventures in knitting? Let's go into adventures in knitting. Okay. Do you want to go first? Sure, why not? So, one of the things I was knitting on when this whole fiasco started, I was 
I received a blank, which was one of those knitted, it was basically pre-knitted rectangle Yeah, that you unknit as you go to knit into a pair of socks or something yeah. like that so that it doesn't yeah. come in a ball. Yeah. And the rectangle is usually like, you usually, you dye the rectangle so that you get, then get interesting effects when you right. actually knit it. So I have made, I, I'm doing something new to me, which is the afterthought heel, which I think is kind of funky because you can make it in a contrasting color or, and the afterthought heel means that if you have a sock that has a gradient on it, mm-hmm. the gradient doesn't get disturbed because of the stopping and going around to the heel. So viewing yeah, it from reason, the front. Yeah, the reason it's called the afterthought heel is because basically, you know, you start either at the top of the leg or at the tip of the toe, and you just knit a tube, and you just keep going, and yep. you don't stop for the heel. And then, and most you do is, you can either, I've seen a couple ways you can do it, either you, you just knit the tube, and then later you snip a thread where you want to put the heel, unravel, and put in the heel, and then weave in the end, mm-hmm. uh, ends. Or what I usually do is I use a different color of yarn, and I knit across where I want to put the heel, and then I'll usually purl back as yeah. well, just so, again, I don't have to snip anything or... So, yeah, that's what I learned to do. So I made a pair. This is this is like TV knitting because you're just going round and round and round and round and round. Yeah. And then when you get to the heel, you just do it basically the same way you would decrease for a sock. You just, yeah. you know, you pick up all those little stitches off where you had put the waist yarn or where you snipped. It's like and if then you, you can just do decrease the, every other row. If you can do the toe, you can do the heel. Yeah. Pretty much. So... Did that and decided, well, I'm going to make another pair because, you know, some people decided I needed to get out more and go to a movie. Yes. So, um... You did. (laughs) (laughs) So I needed to have something on my needles to work on in that time. So I cast on another pair of afterthought heel socks because, you know, who doesn't have a lot of sock yarn? Certainly not us. Certainly not us. So there's that, but... Speaking of socks, I also need to do the whole darning thing. So um, these are zipper socks that I made for myself maybe two or three years ago. And I've worn right through the heel. And I don't mean just in a little hole. I mean I can make a puppet out of this. I can put a tongue and teeth in this. Yeah, that's pretty so large. I, I need to I need to darn this, and I need to darn it well. I don't care if the darning doesn't match. I just like to be able to wear the socks again. And... A lot of people don't understand how one can wear through at the heels so easily. Well, when one does martial arts and is barefoot, yeah, you tend to build up a, build up a lot of calluses on your feet, uh, specifically around the heel. And yeah, I could probably you know slice vegetables with what what's on my heels. So <laughs> so you know because yeah. the Cabana boy has been out sick. Yeah. He's the one that usually gives me pedicures and stuff. I think I left the gate open and he ran away and he fell down. <laughs> so there's that. Now, obviously you need a better quality p- p- cabana boy. I know. I know. And, oh, and by the way, the one thing I, I I have said through this whole episode, not this episode we're recording, but through this whole Life ordeal, episode, yeah. ordeal is, oh my God, I love Canada. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love Canada (laughs) because what I've had to pay for out of pocket is a pair of crutches and the hospital parking fees. Yeah. And for three weeks in the hospital and 
x-rays every day he's been in there. Yeah, and ICU and stays. And ICU stays. Oh my god. <laughs> I yeah. love my Canada. <laughs> okay, I know our country still has issues, mm-hmm. but I love my Canada. Okay, enough of that. So, one of the things I have plans... How this has all changed, um, my knitting outlook. A lot of you know that I kind of like to knit in advance of Christmas for the year, or for birthdays in the year, and this year I'm saying fuck it all. Um, I'm being selfish. I'm knitting for my family this year. Yeah. Only me and my family. The rest of the people might get weaving or they might get, you know, because I'll get to that later. Yeah, um, if it happens. Whatever. Um, or they might get art or something like that. But I am knitting for me and my son and my husband because that's what I was screaming at the universe when I had to drive home that yeah. first night. So in that vein, I have decided that I am knitting... Jared floods brownstone for my husband, mm-hmm. and I showed him the pattern, and he agrees that he likes it. So we were, I was going through with him some of the colors of Brooklyn Tweed's shelter, and my husband's favorite color is purple, and I've already told him, look, don't worry about conformity and being whatever, yeah. this is for you. This is absolutely 100% for you. So he really, really likes thistle. Mm-hmm. which is purple. Um, and that was one of the reasons that the illustrious Michelle came over. Is just, <laughs> This is funny. She just came over with the shopping bag and said, "This is these are the ver- some of the various Brooklyn tweeds that I have, and you can see the colors firsthand. I think she brought out 12 of them or something like that. <laughs> 12 different colors. And I said, these are all from your stash? And she goes, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I don't know why you were shocked by this, really. No, I shouldn't be, really, at this point. So at the moment, we're leaning towards uh, Brooklyn Tweed's shelter in Thistle. And with the um, the frolic coming up, I may be like, doing a mass pickup there. Mm-hmm. For myself, I'm thinking of Sunday Drive by Tannis, which is um, one of her most recent cardigans that she's put out. Mm-hmm. And I was originally thinking of doing it in Tartan, but now I've second-guessed, and I think I'm go- going to be going with Mint. Yeah, and you're doing in Tannis Fiber Arts. In Tannis Fiber Arts. Because I really get sucked in by pastels of late for some reason. I really don't know what that is. Spring, maybe? Spring, maybe. Light color. Maybe a bit retro. Cheerful color. A little bit Peggy Carter sunglasses type of thing. Yeah, I'm thinking like 50s kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the child, I will probably postpone making his sweater until closer to August and September because he grows. Yeah. (laughs) And... Like, I could finish the sweater now. He's not going to appreciate it for six more months. Yeah. So he's not going to be able to wear it. He won't be able to wear it for crossing six more fingers. Yes, and stuff. <laughs> um, oh, and one more thing that I wanted to bring up. Sorry, but this is the way my brain has been. And it's a geeky, geeky post. Mm-hmm. Was part of my personal therapy through all of this. I took in my paints to the hospital because mm-hmm. I asked the husband what he wanted on his cast. Yes. So uh, he has a purple cast, but I made it work. And it is the Flash's lightning bolt symbol Mm -hmm. with the electricity sparkles, sparks coming off of it. Yeah, it looks amazing. I'm kind of proud of it. So yes, we will be posting that. (sighs) Okay, let me see. Did I miss anything in that? And that's sort of like merry-go-round-ish brain mind. That's everything you had in the notes. My weaving stuff, my warping board arrived. I've assembled it. I just haven't um, found a place for it on the wall yet to install it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, my new heddles arrived. They are on the frames, the shafts. What I need to do now is indulge in the Christmas present my husband gave me, which was the one-year guild membership to Jane Staff Stafford Online. Mm -hmm. And she has all of those videos. I really need to binge watch. Yeah. I really, really need to binge watch and actually do this because I, I literally have everything I need now. I have no excuse. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I've told people if this actually works, and even if the most I get is tea towels, like straight stitch out of this everybody's yeah. getting tea towels for christmas oh yeah that's all i'm that's doing. awesome that's all i'm gonna be able to do but that's what you'll get yeah and you'll be able to just you know slap on any color warp you want and just start playing with color like playing with other with weaving in other things and seeing what the color does and... oh my god playing with color for an artist is like that's like kryptonite and like ecstasy drugs at the same time <laughs> sort of like i did with my scarf yeah that I wove with just like all those little extra bits of sock yarn. <sighs> okay, I'm done. Okay. <sighs> okay, so as for me, um, I have finished Lily Pilly. Woo I have finished the Mystic Star Shell. Woohoo! Twice. Neither of them is blocked. Of course. Well, that's okay. But whatevs. Um, I will do it soon. That's kind of like the equivalent of you doing socks and not kitcheninging the toe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Except I usually do mine toe up, so it's more like I, I finish socks and then I don't weave in the ends. Yeah, oh, okay. And then I, like, wear other socks to work, and I I, kit, I quickly weave in the, the ends while I'm at work, and then I pop those socks on my feet. <laughs> I have done this more than once. I believe you. I also made a hat, which I don't usually do, but I was, I've been thinking of trying one, and I was looking for something to, I, don't, I can't even remember why, I was like, I'm just gonna make a hat right now. So, and it's also not blocked, which it really needs to be, because it's a beret. <laughs> so it's kind of not the right shape right now. But it's the Autumn in Garrison hat by Kate Gagnon Osborne. And it's real pretty. It's basically just a, a really simple, like, sort of interlocking, like, leaf pattern mm -hmm. that spreads out from... The, you start at the crown and go out um, and finish off, with, finish off with a ribbing. Anyway, I'm doing it out of just some leftover worsted weight um, Valley Yarns Northampton. That's it. It's some leftover from one of my sweaters. So it's in, like, a dark sort of... Um, purpley burgundy color and yeah i need to block that soon which i'll probably just do is you know soak it roll it in a towel and then i'll get one of the the lunch size plates that we have and just stretch it over the plate yeah to give it the right shape i'm not even entirely sure it's going to fit me though like, i guess that depends on how much i block it but we'll see i know it was just sort of like i'm, I'm gonna make a thing yeah i get um, that i get that but then it sort of got to the point where i, I needed to finish it because i would like to start doing something else um, I have not been working on any big projects. Oh, since you have starditis. Go figure. Yeah. Well, no, because I finished two big projects. Okay, you did. You did. You did. So I just haven't started my next big project yet, which is going to be a sweater, and it's going to be a sweater in DK weight yarn. Okay, so this is in a DK weight yarn. It's uh, some of the universal yarn Dolce Merino that I've got from Webs when it was on closeout, and the original color is Spring Mist. Should bring up the picture so you can see it. So you can sort of it's a light, sort of purpley pink, mm -hmm. um, which I was like, I was, I don't really want to make a color in that sweater in that color. But if it's a light, sort of purpley pink, I can over dye. Yes, you can. And so I did. Yes, you did. It's a slightly darker, sort of medium purple, but there's, it's a bit more. There's a bit spots where it's very slight, sort of tonal shifts. Yes, it is. Some spots are slightly more, a little more red, pink. In them, some of them are a little more darker. So it looks nice and pretty. It looks really pretty. It actually matches your laptop. Shut it. <laughs> but <laughs> I need to pick what pattern I'm going to do. 
And I think it's Red Parrots who will be like, but Karen, I thought we decided on Knit Night, on Virtual Knit Night the other <laughs> week or two ago. I thought you had decided. No, no. sorry, Red Parrots. I didn't start it immediately, so therefore I am not decided yet. I've got literally like six tabs open and have had six tabs open for the last few weeks while I have been trying to decide what I want to do. That is a pretty one. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, the problem is I I think I need to work on more sweaters. So I stopped being so goddamn precious about the yarn and about what I should do next. Because part of me is like, well, I've already got, like, a few cardigans, so maybe I should do a pullover. But then this one's really pretty. And this yarn, because it's slightly tonal, it'll look really good if there's large, like, stockinette sections in it. But I really like this cardigan. And I haven't done one of Glenna's cardigans yet. And I feel like I really should. So it just ends up being like, oh, my God. I need to just, just close my eyes, pick one, and start. So that I stop doing this. Because right now I've got, like, the... close your eyes. And leap. Defying gravity. Don't worry, I can't <laughs> sing. And I'm not super familiar with Wicked. Okay, then. Which I know to Broadway people is probably huge sacrilege. Yeah, well. But whatevs. I also have not listened to the entire thing of Hamilton yet, so like... I haven't listened to anything of Hamilton yet. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry, A, I've been a bit busy. B, look, I know it's good. I will get to it. <laughs> I haven't found anybody yet to, that disses it, so I, I'm... I totes get it. I will get there. Yeah. So at the moment on my short list, I have the Lock Street Cardigan by Glenna. I have, uh, there's the Ronwin Cardigan by Jennifer Wood, which is also nice because you don't need to do buttonholes because you just sort of, there's just sort of one button up at the neck that sort of closes it and the rest of it just sort of hangs open. There's the Jackson Creek Cardigan by Glenna again. And both of Glenna's are sort of cable And then there's also the Flippant Pattern by Nora Hinch, which has laciness on the mm. front. And then there's the Bailey's Irish Cream Pattern. Is that when you drink while you knit? No. Oh. It's part of the Baby Cocktails series by Thea Coleman. I think you <laughs> did one of her other ones, the Vodka Lemonade? Yes, there yeah. you go. Yeah, so there's that one, and that's sort of lacy on the front, too. So, like, I'm also like, but I already have a bunch that have cables, so maybe I should do lace, and maybe I should do this, and I am just stalling by not actually picking something yet. And I need to actually start it (laughs) so that I actually get a sweater done, and so I can hopefully do another sweater this year. (laughs) Especially because the longer I wait, the warmer it's going to get, and then it's going to be like, well... I'm not even going to wear it for another month. But in the meantime, I have resurrected a project. Yes, you have. Resurrected almost in true form. Yes. This has been in deep hibernation. As I said in our notes, these have practically been frozen in the Arctic in a hydroplane for the last couple of years. <laughs> but they're pretty. Yeah. These are the Tauriel socks from, I believe they're the winter, it's the winter 2014 nitty that they're in. I know it's a nitty from 2014. And I think I started these, like, not that long after they came out. Yep, I like, would believe that. Like, within the same yep. year that they came out. Uh-huh. And it's in niche sock in, I can't remember the colorway name. That's okay. Because I need to unearth the other skein of this so I can start the other sock. Um, but it's a sort of really pretty light green. Which I thought would be fitting considering they're named after an elf and the Hobbit. Yeah. So these, I had originally started them quite a while ago. And something about like the charts, because the charts are, they're not super difficult. They're just non-intuitive. 
Okay. Um, and they're twisted stitch. It's sort of a twisted stitch cable pattern. So it's not like a symmetrical cable that you're doing with them. So it, it's, I found it not, again, not, like I said, not intuitive. Got it. So at the time when I started them, I started them because I was looking for socks to do. And like, just whatever was going on at the time, I just didn't have the brain. And I kept feeling like I just could not remember like where the hell I was, especially because I couldn't find my, um, my pattern keeper, um, my little pattern magnet thing. And like, it was just being frustrating. So I was like, fine, forget it. No, I'm putting these away for a while. And a while turned into a long while. Yes. Yes. So while I was digging out my uh, knitting basket, I found these. I was like, I should start these. I should, I should work on these. And since I have started working on these, these have actually gone pretty well. Like I'm already, I think I, f I stopped somewhere after the last, after the first um, chart repeat. And within the last maybe like three, four weeks, I have done two more chart repeats and the heel. And I'm now working on decreasing the gusset as I do. So clearly Toriel just needed a timeout. Yep. And I'm guessing that after six months, she probably realized that you were being serious about the timeout. Yes. <laughs> and she's being much more agreeable now. Yes. For whatever reasons. I do need to start the second sock soon, though, so I don't, like, completely finish this sock and then have to do the entire next sock so that there's no more... Second sock syndrome yeah. and Arctic hideaway. Yeah. But yeah, so those are going pretty well. I think I've worked on a couple other... I, I sort of started another pair of socks just because at the time, like, I wanted something brainless to take with me on the bus, like, that day. And I didn't really have anything brainless that I could find um, easily. So I sort of started something in some of the, the nitpicks Felici, Felici that I have. But I basically did the toe and then went to, I sort of have an idea of the kind of stitch pattern I want to do. Um, but I couldn't really find a, a pattern that was speaking to me and haven't had a chance to go through my stitch dictionaries to find one. Oh, um, on Friday, I did a actually did a class at Spun Fiber Arts in Oakville. You actually got up and went in yes, that in that I mess of went. weather. Yes. Well, because by that time I had like, you know, told them I was coming. Okay. Yeah. So I had been debating about whether I was going to go. Not because the class, because the class itself looked interesting. It's called, it was called Continental Knitting as an Alternative. So for people who already know how to knit English, but want to learn to do continental knitting, either to do like two-handed knitting or just to like even out the repetitive strain mm -hmm. <laughs> on one's hands. Um, and I have done, I mean, as you guys have seen, like I've done a fair bit of like color work. And usually I do color work with one needle in each hand, but it was one yarn in each hand. But like, it was always the sort of thing I was never entirely like comfortable with it. And it was always like, am I doing this, holding this the most efficient way? And why is this turning out where some of my stitches are really popping out and others are not? And like, you know, figure, I couldn't really figure out how to see what, know what the problem was when I, if I was having um, problems with knitting, like the way some like single stitches would sort of recede into the background mm -hmm. um, and didn't really know how to fix that. Um, and I had never really done purling in yarn in my left hand or done increases or decreases or yarn overs or that sort of thing. So I went to that and that was really fun. The only problem was the only reason I was debating when last time I talked to you about whether I was going was because it started at 10 a.m. and to get there... <laughs> by public transit i had to leave the house at 6 35 and, and as it turned out on friday yeah. it was bloody cold yes and when i left it started snowing yep rather heavily yep like very heavily yep. and wind blowing and it was very windy that day my wipers stopped working on the way to work 
Yeah. Not the day you want that to happen. No. I literally put my hazards on and got out at the traffic light and shoved the snow <laughs> off because I came to a stop and more snow just went shunk yeah. right onto my wind windshield and buried my wipers so they couldn't move. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good day. Yeah. But it was, the, the class was nice and I, I basically, I got to Oakville and got to the area around the class around like 9.15 and I'm like, okay, is there a coffee shop around here? Yes, there is. A nice little independent coffee shop. Um, I think it's called Taste of Columbia. They specialize in like fair trade coffee and stuff like that. And like going inside, I'm like, I will have a tea, please. The, the lone tavern in the middle of the wild woods. Yes. With the storm raging, yeah. our adventurer walks in <laughs> and requests covered in snow, humble tea. Yes, yeah. So I just I was so it was nice. I was able to relax for like forty five minutes and just sip an Earl Grey, Earl Grey tea and warm up because my hands were freezing. I believe it. Like even with my gloves on, and it's like I could have the go bus driver could have turned the heat way up on that bus. I would have loved them for it. Because I was sitting there most of the way just like... Because I'd sort of gotten chilled because of the damp cold. Yeah. And it just didn't go away while I was on the bus. Oh, God. That was a miserable... Yeah. It was terrible. It was not a nice weather day. But yes. So the the class was fun. And I have like a little swatch of knitting now that I've done. And I'm going to... I'm probably not going to do it with a sweater. But I should plan a larger project that I can do continental style. So I can reinforce that and, and get more familiar with that. I've done a little more spinning few nights this week I've, you know, just gone set by the wheel and just spun for a while listening to podcasts or videos or whatever. And then the other day I tried warping the loom, which did not work because I did, I used uh, weevolution.com. They have a handy warp calculator, um, which will let you know exactly how much yarn it'll use and everything like that. And it'll calculate everything and how many threads you need to do for a certain width of object in EPI, taking into account a certain amount of shrinkage and stuff like that. And I didn't, I was like, well, they called for a certain amount of loom waste and like with my rigid heddle, I don't really need to, I can get loom waste down to quite, quite a small amount. So I reduced how much distance I needed to direct warp my loom. And then sort of after I started warping it, I realized I wanted to do a sort of houndstooth scarf out of like a dark color and a sort of variegated color because I'd seen something on Pinterest that did this and it looked really pretty. So I'm like, okay, yeah, two threads of this and two threads of this and two threads. I'm like, okay. So then I start direct warping and I've done out of like 80, 84 threads that I need to do. I realized, or 84 sort of loops that I need to pull through the rigid heddle of my loom Mm -hmm. to the warping peg. I realized I was doing two loops of each color, which is actually four threads of each color. I needed two threads of each color. So I should have been doing, I had been doing black, black, variegate, variegate, black, black. When I should have been, the way I should have been warping was black, variegate, black, variegate, black. And I was also like looking at it and I'm like, oh, I think I reduced the distance a bit too much because I don't know how much sampling, how much yarn I have for sampling now and fuck it. So I got like 40 of the threads, like pulled through loops, pulled through my ridded heddle out of like the 80 something. And then I was like, this is not going to work. So I had to pull it all back Ooh. and rewind it on the ball. So like, thankfully, I mean, I didn't lose any yarn. Okay. It's not like I had to like cut it off the loom or anything like that. But it's still sort of like, this took like an hour for me to do this. And now I don't have time <laughs> to redo it before I go to night night. 
and I have wound everything back into the balls. And I have nothing to show for it. God you, damn it. You donated that hour to the universe somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be doing it. I still want to do it. And this time I'll warp the room, room correctly. I'm going to do it in two skeins of Indigo Dragonfly. Uh, one is their MCN lace and one is the Murgoat lace. Okay. They're basically the same thing. It's just the Murgoat is like Reno cashmere silk. And the other one is Merino cashmere nylon. So I was going to do it in uh, Cumber Bacchanal, which is like <laughs> a dark gray yeah. tonal. And the other one is a pa- is Paging Dr. Smartass. Which is a very different sort of contrasty variegate with like reds and yellows and greens and blues and purpley and stuff in it. So it should look very interesting when it's warped. Though I might, the way I was incorrectly warping it, I might do that instead of the houndstooth again when I do it. Because when I was warping it, I was sort of looking at it and like, I'm not sure there's enough contrast between the Cumber Bacchanal and the Paging Dr. Smartass to really get the houndstooth when it's just like too okay i don't know how much like i think it the the cumber bacchanal might tone down the other stuff and it'll just not look be as obvious or so, not be as bright so you either need a darker dark or a lighter alternate yeah no and that would involve or i need to do larger sections of color which i think is what i'll do i think i'll just do like a a plaid sort of thing. Okay. Instead. And save the hound's tooth for something else. And I, I may have bought yarn. May have. For a sweater. Uh-huh. Because Lily contacted me a little while ago. I was like, oh, have you bought from this place before? And she sent me the link and it was the Loopy You. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yep. And she was like, yeah, because there's some stuff I'm looking at and thinking about buying. So I was like, well... I did get a gift certificate to the Loopy U for All Christmas. Right. If you got a gift certificate, that's that's fair game. Yeah. So basically, we I was like, if you still want to order yarn, I will spend my gift certificate now. So I got some um, heritage Cascade Heritage sock. Okay. In the limestone color, which is like a taupe. Okay. I'm not sure it's going to stay that color. It may get dyed different sure. colors. Because it's kind of, I kind of, I like the taupe-ish color the way it is, but then I also don't know if I will actually wear a sweater or a cardigan that color. Yeah. I tend to wear, like, dark colored cardigans yeah. and brighter colored tops underneath. So, it's sort of the thing where I'm trying to picture it in my head and I can't really picture it. So, but I also, like, couldn't, I couldn't decide on, like, a color color that they had. So, I was like, I will just get something, I will get this other color. And decide the color later. <laughs> and that way I can decide the color later. I'm taking the last cookie. Go ahead. There are more upstairs for me, so... Oh, yes. Another thing that has happened recently. (laughs) So, there's something I'll mention later, which I think kind of prompted this, or kind of got this whole ball started. But um, there's a website I've been reading for ages, like literally uh, probably at least like 10 years, called Smart Bitches Trashy Books. Mm-hmm. It's basically a romance novel review site, but they also review a ton of like nerdy stuff. And there's um, one contributor there who she's doing an entire series where she like tries to recreate like historical recipes because she's done historical reenacting and stuff. Okay. And they so they and they remove like I said they review movies and stuff like that too, including a bunch of like super nerdy shit. And yesterday, <laughs> I was like getting something to drink after work. And I turned on the data on my phone to see when the bus was coming. And I saw the little indication that I had an email. It's like, oh, okay, I'll just go check my email. And I went over, checked my email, and fellow librarian and knitter Rebecca sent me a Ravelry message saying, 
hey, I just saw your review on Smart Bitches. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and I literally sent that, that back to her in all caps as an entire message. Wait, what? Um, so I go over to the Smart Bitches website and there's a review of Network Geek 2 on there. <laughs> so thank you, Elise. Hot <laughs> dog. That was rather nice to see. Yeah, it was. I was all like, ee! Yeah, I read, I read and it. blushy. Yeah. Squee! Squee! So yes, thank you. We are glad you enjoy it. Yes. And going to Rhinebeck is an awesome experience. What all of the other people have been saying in the comment section is true. Knitters are a totally welcoming community. So don't be afraid to go. Yes. You will meet tons of other people there. I know if you enjoy this podcast, I know other people there who you will enjoy meeting. We can hook you up, dude. Yeah, we can hook you we up. We can so hook you up. But yes, so thank you for that. Yeah, that was fun. And apparently her husband enjoys the, the nerdy parts <laughs> of it, too. Hello, husband. Hi. Speaking of which, um, because he's not going anywhere and he's already caught up in all of his shows, I've got my husband to start watching Critical Role with me. <laughs> yes. That'll keep him busy for a while. Yes, a long while. Considering, you know... He DM'd one of my very first games. Yeah. Okay, so moving into Geek Squee. We saw something that is near and dear to Karen's heart. Yes, we saw something that I'm sure some of you guys were like, oh, I wonder if Karen has seen this and what she thinks of this. My husband says to me, I know you're going to a movie. Just remind me which one it was again. I'm like, I'm going with Karen. We're going to see Beauty and the Beast. Duh. Yes, so I have seen it twice now, because mm-hmm. I saw it the first week it came out, and la- last weekend? It was last yeah. weekend when you and Michelle decided that I needed to see Daylight again. Yes. So what did you think? I really enjoyed it. It wasn't, it, it's not a super out there, like, Star Wars kind of galactic movie. It is much smaller and closer to the heart type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a feel-good movie. Yes. And it, it made me happy. It, yeah. it just did. Now, the thing is, going into it, you know a lot of the plot. You know a lot of the songs. Not all of them, because yeah. they're new ones. Yeah. You even know a lot of the lines, because they stayed true to a lot of the lines. Yeah. But it still feels good. Yes. It does. Yeah, it does hew fairly close to the... Fairly close to the Disney original animated Disney movie. There is some stuff that was added. Mm-hmm. There is more backstory. Which I really like. And they do take pains to explain certain things or yeah. fill certain plot holes. Yes. From the, fir- from the first one. Um, like how everybody forgot about a certain royal family that yeah. just isn't there anymore. Yeah. Or like how the, the prince can only be turning like 21 yeah. and yet no one knows about this castle. And also... Like, wait, does that mean that she cursed a 10-year-old? Because that's kind of some kind of messed up. Yeah, because who, who who among us has not done that arithmetic? Yeah. We've all like, done it. Wait a minute. We've all done it. And there was no stipulation in the spell that we were told that he stops aging, which yeah. means he's aging this whole time, which means he was 10 years old when this all started. Yeah. Totally whacked up Enchantress shit. Yeah. So it sort of explains that a little better and also sort of explains the the crazy season shit that goes on. Because it's like, it's fall, and then like a day later it's winter, and then like five days later it's spring. What? Well, you gotta admit, we've kind of had that this week. True. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, actually. It's like, yeah, y'all have never been to Canada, have you? Um, That's like 
April. Yeah. <laughs> here, basically. Springtime in Canada. Yeah. So at um, least now we know that Belle is Canadian. <laughs> yeah. French Canadian, probably. Yeah. All right. Anyways. So, yeah. And it's really neat because they, I, there were a couple, you know, there are a couple things. There's still a couple problems with it. Still a couple, like, plotish holes. But mostly I was just like, my inner 12-year-old is so happy. And I think that's the whole purpose of it being there. It's not there to be a Hollywood blockbuster. It's there for all of the grown-ups. But it's going to be a Hollywood okay, blockbuster. But it's there for it's all It's going to make bank. <laughs> I was this, I was in Hot Topic today, and I was this close to buying you Beauty and the Beast shit. Okay? I need to go to Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah. Hot Topic has a whole section that's just princess, and there's a whole, there's this arrangement section of just Beauty and the Beast stuff. I need to go to Hot Topic. Yeah, you can I've been have... thinking I need to go to the Disney store because, oh my god, there's going to be tons of Beauty and the Beast No, you can get Disney Beauty store. and the Beast stuff there at, at Hot Topic. It's closer. <laughs> I mean, this is for all of us who used to watch this, the classical animations as kids who are now grown-ups, and we're like, yeah, we'll pay money to see that in the theater. Thanks. Yeah. Because it makes our hearts warm and glow. <laughs> and I mean, I've seen a few people talking about, like, Belle as the problematic, not like other girls sort of thing, which, yes... Or, like, people being like, oh, people, you know, this movie, she's different because she reads. Seriously, guys. Uh, yeah. And it's like, Check your um, history. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, that was my elementary school days. <laughs> like, I was the weird kid because I read all the time. Like, no, literally. Yeah. <laughs> this is why this movie spoke to me very much as a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> so, like, Yeah. That was my life. See, Ariel spoke so, to me for some reason. Okay. Yeah. Something about red hair and yeah. me having a crush on somebody who looked exactly like Eric. <laughs> I thought it was a message from the universe, but apparently he didn't get the same message. And it's kind of nice. It's it's kind of nice to see the the live action version that because they can go even bigger in like terms of the costumes and the sets and everything. And so this one, it this one especially, it is. So much, like so heavily, like visually yeah. set in like 18th century. It France. is lush yeah. in its in its couture, which is also why their version of the yellow dress ball gown. I know it bothers didn't you. Really work for me. I know it bothers you. I know it bothers you because it's like everything else. Everything else is so like rococo. Yeah, it, and it's so I won't say it's historically accurate, but it's definitely so heavily inspired by that time period. Yeah. That, like, the dress just seems to stick out even more. And it's not that they needed to do, like, a proper, like, 18th century court dress, but, like, it just seems a little too modern prom. (laughs) Have they mass-produced that dress for prom? Uh, I'm sure they're working on it. I hope so, because prom season is coming up. That would make bank. Yeah. Yeah. That would make hella bank. Babe, what are we wearing for for our prom? I'm wearing a gold dress. You are wearing a beard and a tail (laughs) and a blue blue jacket. Say what now? Yeah. As for actors, what did you think? Ian McKellen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He's perfect. Yeah. Stanley Tucci. I kind of fell in love with Kevin Kline and I couldn't place him for the whole film. Until the credits at the end going, that's who he is, duh, total dumb oven. I kind of fell in, fell in, he, he was the cozy dad, the cozy, doting, <laughs> a little bit eccentric dad. Um, Gaston and LeFou, perfect. Oh my god. Totes perfect. Oh my god. Totes perfect. Really. Yeah. I actually think that Emma did a good job. Yeah, I think she did a pretty good job. I think, especially for someone who has not studied singing. Yeah. 
for as long as anyone, say, her age, who is in, say, like, pursuing a career in, like, yeah. musical theater, she did a pretty good job. I mean, there is still... It's not the same, obviously, and it's not the same as someone who has been studying musical theater for a long time, who had studied singing for a longer time yeah. than she had. There is, I've noticed sort of in some of the, the movie musicals, when you have actors who haven't sung a lot before... Or you know have, don't have that background in musical theater. There's sort of this this like a, like richness of tone that you get mm-hmm. when you've been studying this for a long for time. For a while, that they don't have. But yeah, she was pretty good. Um, Dan Stevens, I thought was really good. <laughs> Again, I'm not sure. Of course, I'm not sure how much his voice is also because obviously they they did some modulation to it with the for the the beast and they added some parts to it. But he was really good considering most of the time he was probably in a suit with ping pong balls on it. And on stilts. Um, I read... Wait. Uh, uh, now, I'm not going to be 100% accurate because my brain has been oatmeal of late. But the majority of the time, he, at least for his face, because they wanted it to be as accurate as possible, his face was fur. Mm-hmm. And they just adapted CGI, tweaked it just a little bit over the fur. Yeah, which which works fairly well. I'm gonna have to find that find that article to see yeah. if I see if that's accurate. But considering like the bulk of the you know what he had to work with and how to show emotion with what he had, mm-hmm. I mean it's it's not easy when you know your eyebrows are pretty much horns. Yeah, and like the CGI was pretty okay. It was there were a few moments it was pretty janky, mm-hmm. like especially the first time I saw it. I saw it in 3D. I didn't really want to see it in 3D because I didn't think it would process well for some reason yeah, in my brain. Yeah, I just, I was sort of like, it was mo- it was mostly because of like the timing of the, sure. when the, the sure. show time was that worked for me. And I was like, yeah, okay, 3D, whatever. There's a couple, especially in the 3D, maybe I didn't notice quite as much in the 2D, maybe because I'd already seen it, but, or maybe just because in the 2D it wasn't quite as obvious. But there's a couple moments with 3D in the- Is uh, it the, the library? The, yeah, the, the library scene. The CGI at one point, I was like, woof, wow, that is... I'm like, unfortunately, right now, the thing that's reminding me is, like, video game cutscene. Just the way that he was moving, it's like, oh, that doesn't look right. But, like, I mean, most of the time I was able to just... At least most of the time I was able to just ignore it and, like, not... It wasn't, like, drawing my attention. And, like, well, and with Dan Stevens, one of the things I've realized, especially when I saw the movie... But also, which I had thought of beforehand, like, thinking of what Dan Stevens looks like. I was like, yeah, he looks exactly like like Adam. the real version. Like, if you had the real life version of Prince Adam when he's back as a human, it's like, bam, that is Dan Stevens. You might be disappointed then because he originally, one of the original ways that he was supposed to transform was he was supposed to come out, sit up out of the bed, emerging from like a spill of rose petals but he didn't have a shirt on and there were there were there were uh there was basically some sort of critic and managerial talk going uh no no we're not doing that no is there at least test footage of this i have no oh my god (laughs) there is i need to put my head between my knees for a few minutes there's probably some test footage of it but it is probably under lock and key at disney studios damn but yeah, that's pretty much Harlequin romance novel stuff right there. Just, that that is beyond Harlequin. Like, just rising. I read Harlequins. This is that is beyond Harlequin. This is from the same article. So now I really need to find it. <laughs> Harlequins are too classy for this shit. So yeah, he would be sitting up. He would be rising up out of the bed, 
and there's just a a storm of red flower of red rose petals but he didn't have a shirt on when he would be sitting up and basically that got nixed yeah because of the young audience and (laughs) you need need some ether I, i i need to i need to calm down Okay. Damn. Um, and I mean, like the, the the way they did it in the vet, in the end is basically it's it's kind of it's it, very close to, to the, the original. It's basically, and there are certain elements of the movie which are pretty much in you know shot for shot. Yeah. But there is other stuff added to go into spoilery territory. Sure. As much as one can spoil something, an that's adaptation been his, of something this which stalked is stalked and and yeah. already been done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the the bits that the bits that were added are really the only thing that are spoilery. Okay, but I did I did like the way that they expanded the backstory. I do too. That's my favorite thing about yes. the whole thing. And I like you know the way they make the fact the way they explain how how Belle's mom not being there is like actually a thing. It's yep. actually part of the story, not just oh she's a Disney princess. Of course, at least one of her parents are dead because in all like fairy tales slash yeah, <laughs> at least one parent, at least one the parent. mom is nowhere to be seen. And I thought that and it the way they explained it with you know her mom having died of the plague and her father having to take her you know, to a somewhere where she'd be safe sort of explains. And also then the fact that she maybe, well, she was a teeny tiny baby, so she probably doesn't have no memories of that. But also it sort of explains that like, I want much more than this provincial life. Yes. Because she's maybe has a sense that there was this other, I mean, she life, was all, this she wider was, world that she was. She was raised by of. somebody who was extremely well educated and who lived in what was probably the biggest metropolitan areas, yeah. Paris. Yeah. yeah. So and also this is it might not be something that they were even really thinking of but later when she wants to go back when when the mob is like marching on the castle and she wants to go back to the beast and save him and she tells her father like I know what yeah. happened to mom <laughs> so you know and I want to go back it sort of makes that parallel of like wanting to keep you know loving someone so much you want to keep them safe and you do anything to yeah protect them yeah um, and I really that they gave him some backst- his family backstory. Yes. And also that also helps kind of explain, again, what seems like pure dickishness on the, uh, on the Enchantress for turning all the servants into... Yes. It doesn't entirely explain it. Because <laughs> basically they give the explanation that like his mother died when he was young. And his father basically took him in... Mm, molded him molded him into something into an asshat yeah like him like his father was and um, the sir miss the servants via mrs pot admit they did nothing to yeah, stop this she says they did nothing they did nothing which okay on the one hand yes on the other hand mm, they are the servants there is a yeah. power differential there. yes there is there's only so much they can do but it does sort of speak to like the importance of like not standing by and maybe doing what you can not being a bystander yeah not being a bystander so there is a little more explanation for that yep the main thing the main thing i'm thinking of that they sort of changed is like oh i remember when i was looking at reviews and stuff of it people were like oh my god this is so violent and like it's not really? that really the end of the movie, it's maybe a little more violent. I think a lot of it, but I think a lot of it, like, even when you look at the servants of the castle trying to protect it, like, that's all the same. Yeah. As in the animated version, it's just when it's actual people, like live action actors. Oh my god, Madame Gothelob, she was awesome! Yes. And Otter McDonald is so amazing. <laughs> 
but but when it's happening to actual actual actors, it seems that much more violent. I suppose so because it seems more real. Whereas like when you see it in the animated version, it is literally cartoon. Violence. Okay, one thing I did not get unless I missed it was the trunk rolling something up, rolling somebody up in it, going into the trunk. The trunk burps. Yeah, they didn't. I didn't. I, don't I wanted that. that damn it. <laughs> I guess they were like, it's hard to explain how someone gets eaten. I wanted it anyway. But the only thing I can really think of that was more violent or whatever that they actually changed was Gaston. Like, instead of stabbing the beast in the back once, he, he shot him, him yeah. in the back three times. And this is why I love going to the movies with Michelle. Because <laughs> when it happened, she was like, oh, she actually squeaked. Yes, and she was I, like, I heard she that. was covering her mouth through most of that scene. And she like jumped and squeaked. When he actually shot the beast. But it's like, and that's like, damn. And he shot him in the back. Yep. Several times. As he, as they call out, they foreshadow that. Yes. In, in his song. Yeah. In, in the tavern. Yes. And those were lyrics that were written for the original animation, but they just got cut. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of, there's a few lines in there that I know are in, some of them are in the Broadway musical. So they originally got cut in the original, but they were reinstated for the Broadway musical. Like I think the lines, no one can, no one can, no one can make up these endless refrains like Gaston. Yeesh. But yeah, so he mentions like shooting animals in the back. back. Yay. And then he does it with the beast three times. And it's, it's that much more. So that when that's Asshole, that assholery. that much, yeah, that's that much more like evil. And just, and then also it's the same thing of like live action is, it feels different. It, than, fe- it feels stronger. Yes. Yeah. I know. I love not their- spoilery, but I know people were people. Some people were like, "Ugh, Ewan McGregor's accent." I'm like, mm. I know. Again, it's like, yes, it is like, Meh. it's more like French stereotype accent than actual French accent. But have you listened to Lumiere, <laughs> like the original one, even? Yeah. Um, he's supposed to be French stereotype. Yeah. So you know, and it partially stands out too because he's basically the only character in the entire movie set in France. Who has a French accent? I love. I actually. I loved her little house in her garden. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm missing I love her house. I'm missing spring. Yeah, I love her house. I was actually really pissed off when Gaston started walking all over her cabbages. I'm like, bitch! Like, you know how long it takes to grow that? <laughs> well, especially like in that time period. Yeah, stuff, in that like, time period, she's growing that for actual food. You dick! You just spoiled like you know how many dinners. Anyways, but okay. yes. Oh yeah, and the new songs. They're actually they're, they've. The first time I was like, meh, I don't really remember any of them. After the second time, they're kind of grow on me, growing on me a bit. Okay. And I don't think it's just because the other songs are so familiar. It's like usually if, you know, with a song like that, either it will take a long time to grow on me or it will, you know, it'll get stuck in my head immediately. And these are maybe growing on me. Part of me was like, but you had so many good songs from the musical. But as another podcast mentioned, which I really only realized later, of course, if they used the songs from the musical, they couldn't submit them to be nominated for Oscars. That's true. <laughs> Hence why they had new music. Okay. That's the main reason. Okay. So spoiler over. Yeah. But yes, overall. Overall thumbs up. Enjoy. Yeah. And like I said, my, you know, as I said, when I saw it the first time, like, again, this is the sort of movie I'm not going to give, be able to give a completely non-biased. But I think a lot of people are going to be in your situation, yeah, too. But my inner 12-year-old is happy. I am sure when this comes out on DVD, there will be much um, ice cream and tea and viewings. Oh, yes. And we'll see what, you know, Director's Cuts comes out with. 
Okay. Yeah. And actually, when I when when I left the movie, like I had to very carefully button it up all the way home, and it was only once I got home, and I could see that mom was out, I was like, okay, putting on soundtrack, singing along to songs atop of my lungs, because I have been re- resisting the urge to break into song. I have danced to be my guest in my teenage bedroom so many times <laughs> so many times okay so um yes w- actually one of the previews that we saw yes before beauty and the beast was the new trailer for wonder woman dare we hope that we get a good one yes please god do not let it suck i know we haven't had a very good track record from dc for a while but this actually looks promising yeah, and like part of me, like I'm gonna go see it anyway. Yeah, and part of me will enjoy it anyway because female-led superhero movie during World War One. Oh my God, it's like, d- did you make this just for me? Like, <laughs> like I'm not a deep sea. Like, did you make it? Were you thinking like, you know, we really want people who who aren't fans of current DC stuff to actually go to this. Um, yes, let's base this. I know Karen will really enjoy this. How about we make this just for her? Because like, it's like yes. Please, I want it. I want a historic, a, a historically set superhero movie with a female lead. And Captain America came fairly close. Yeah. But not quite. Almost. And it's also First World War, which American movies tend not to do a hell of a lot with. So yes, I am I am hopeful. Did you see the big uproar on the internet because she doesn't have armpit hair? Yes, that big that stare looking at me. I had not seen it. Some people, because there's... She's doing lots of acrobatics and this, that, and the other, and a lot of people are going, Amazonian women, they wouldn't be doing these, you know, shaving their armpits for men and stuff like that. They'd be living as they are, and why does she Why does she have clean armpits? And I'm going, of all the things that you're going to argue about with the movie, yeah, I mean, why would you pick that up? Personally, I mean, I think it's a bullshit... It's a total bullshit. ...societal expectation anyway. On top of that... And I don't know if this is in the story, because obviously it's not been released yet and we haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Diana is technically made out of clay. Mm -hmm. So they can fashion her with damn perfect hair and it's just going to stay that way. Yeah. And, you know, I know it's it's a bullshit societal expectation anyway, says the woman who, like, you know, in the winter very rarely shaves her legs because it's under pants. Why would I need to? Yeah, that's Canada, Uh, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's fur. It's extra warmth. Yeah. But. Welcome to the North. I'm pretty sure, you know, Egret and the rest of the wildlings don't shave either. Yeah. But like, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I know this is a societal expectation. So I'm not surprised that the movie would have them do it because, you know, God forbid they not do it. And if, and if they hadn't, like, part of me is just like, if they hadn't, then people would be, been the only thing we'd hear. Yeah. Is how, oh my God, she has armpit hair. How gross. Yeah. And so it's like, it's You're bullshit, damned if you do, but, if you oh damned if you don't, so... You know what? Forget I even said anything. <laughs> okay, so moving on to other things. Yes, happier things. Slap happy sil- silly things. <laughs> I saw this the other night and I just started laughing. I couldn't stop. So um, there's a group that has done a number of uh, different sort of cool parkour videos. Like one of the, I think they were ones that did Assassin's Creed in real life with people doing like parkour dressed up in the Assassin's Creed uh-huh. uh, costumes and stuff. So they've done one. <laughs> That is basically Jurassic Parkour. With one of those Tyrannosaurus Rex costumes. Inflatable T Rex costumes. It's so amazing. Oh my god. I love it so much. (laughs) And they filmed it at the Kualoa Ranch in Hawaii, where parts of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World were shot. 
That's fantastic. So they're running through the landscape that looks looks like Jurassic Park. And the guy, there's a guy dressed up as sort of like Chris Pratt's character. And he's getting chased by an inflatable T-Rex. And the funniest parts, like, it, it's funny anyway. It, it, he does some, the guy in the T-Rex costume does some amazing sort of parkour stuff. Especially considering he's wearing a giant <laughs> costume. But like... There's a base level of funny because the the heads on those costumes, like the person's head, is basically sort of in the neck. Yeah, it's so in like, the base of the neck. So the head of the the T Rex it just sort of flops back and forth. And the funniest thing is when he's like running under a tree or out of like jumping over a porch or something, and the head of the T Rex costume just gets stuck on something and just goes flap backwards. <laughs> It's hilarious. And this is why they died out. (laughs) It was so amazing. I loved it so much. And the little tail just bobbing behind him. So you can find it on YouTube. It's under the title Jurassic Park meets parkour in real life. I can only imagine the stamina the guy must have inside of that inside of that costume. Uh, The username for the guy who posted it is Devin Supertramp. D-E-V-I-N, Super Tramp, all in word. And they apparently they have behind the scenes too. And he does apparently does a lot of like extreme sports. Pokemon Go meets parkour in real life. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god, let's watch this. We're yeah. watching this live now. <laughs> oh my god. They're basically in like Pikachu Kigurumi. Yeah, there's some really cool moves and stuff in here. Yeah, so they've done Pokemon Go and Assassin's Creed, Cliff Slip and Slide, Urban Zipline. Ooh. Extreme bungee jumping. Wingwalker jumps from airplane. Nope. Nope. No. No thanks. Uh-uh. Nope. But yeah, so there's a, car, a bunch of, like, he does a lot of uh, filming of extreme sports and stuff, so there's tons of that on there. But like I said, there's also the Assassin's Creed and the Jurassic Parkour. Oh my god. That made my day. Oh, and speaking of video gamey sort of things, you know, quick note. I think I meant, I, I'm sure I mentioned one of the games that I tried last year the computer games I tried, called Firewatch, which I really, really loved. Yes, you still love. Yes, still love. <laughs> Very much. Well, it won two two awards at the BAFTA Games Awards this week, which I am so happy about, especially because one of them was for uh, Best Performer for Sissy Jones, who plays a character in the game called Delilah, who is actually like, basically, we only get to know her through her voice. Because she's on the other end of a radio, of the sort radio of guiding okay. you and your your character, um, and part of the the storytelling and the characterization and relationship is this voice from this other person who was your only other content, the only other person you see or, okay. or speak to in the game, um, and also one best debut game, which is awesome. Yay. I'm so happy. Congratulations! So happy. Yay! And if you have not played Firewatch, play Firewatch, or at least check out like the played buys. It's it's very much like sort of an intera- like a movie, an interactive movie. Um, other fun things. So Marvel and ABC have greenlit a Marvel New Warriors TV show for the ABC channel Freeform. And it's going to include Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. I have n- I've not heard this. I am so happy. It's going to be a- the Marvel's first live action scripted comedy. <laughs> they are near a deal pe- with... One of the writers from the show Cougar Town, which from what I've heard from people is actually is better than the title would suggest. And he would sh- serve as the showrunner on it. And Freeform is basically like a, a it's a Disney owned cable network, which skews younger. I think it's I think it used to be ABC Family. Maybe I can't remember. 
Yeah, it'll be a 30-minute live-action comedy. So far, there's 10 episodes planned. Launch in 2018, and it's the second sort of straight-to-series order at Freeform that Marvel has got. The other one is a drama called Cloak and Dagger. Reading from the Hollywood Reporter article, New Warriors revolves around six young people with powers living and working together. With powers and abilities on the opposite end of the spectrum of the Avengers. Oh dear. The New Warriors want to make a difference in the world, even if the world isn't ready. Oh dear. New Warriors explores the journey into adulthood, except in this world they're not quite super and not yet heroes, and the guys can be as terrifying as bad dates. Uh, the next little bit in the article says, The series will feature Marvel fan favorite Squirrel Girl, a.k.a. Doreen Green, as a totally empowering fangirl who's described as tough, optimistic, and a natural leader. <laughs> I cannot wait. I hope her Norm housemate, Nancy, is also in it, because Nancy is also amazing. She has no powers. She just has the power of snark. That is That is very much in need these days. Yes. By the way. So yeah, I, I am super excited, and I really want to see what they do with Squirrel Girl. Do we have a timeline for this? Uh, it just said 2018. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we can see who gets who gets into the writing script and who gets into the casting and all kinds of yeah. stuff like that. I would say, considering they're only just they're still pending the yeah. deal with the person to showrun it, it'll be late 2018. Well, mid to late. This means we have lots of time to dream. Yes, I. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. Well, the 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 drama series isn't. Uh, Cloak and Dagger isn't expected to premiere until winter 2018, and they're getting to the point of casting. Whoa, okay. So yeah. It'll be okay. late 2018. But yes, oh my god, Squirrel Girl! I want Squirrel Girl on my TV show so much! This means, you know what this means? Uh, and I don't know if this is just my marketing mind working, this means that there will be acorn earrings available for Christmas in 2018. Yes. And it, and it goes without saying that she has to have her squirrel sidekick tippy-toe. <laughs> because if you don't have Squirrel Girl without Tippy Toe, what the fuck are you doing? Seriously. And if you guys have not read Squirrel Girl, you, you need to read the Squirrel Girl comics. They are amazing. They are hilarious and like meta and so wonderful. I love them so much. And I think like the first, I think there's like four collected volumes now of trades for the, um, the Squirrel Girl comic. So check your local library because I know ours has them. <laughs> Um, and then in a little bit of news that actually just came out today, I think, or yesterday, which is kind of sweet and kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, apparently Carrie Fisher's family has approved Star Wars using her appearance in episode nine. So we get, we'll have everything that she filmed for episode eight, and then she will be included in episode nine. So that, assuming so that in episode nine, they can gracefully write her out. Mm-hmm of the series and do her justice especially because the alternative is like just to like be oh somehow in between the two movies she just you know died or something or she's not there and that really doesn't really do the character justice no no so so it's it'll be it's it's gonna be a tough haul to see how they manage it but yeah it's gonna be kind of it's it's gonna be difficult enough watching the next star yeah. wars movie yeah it is but Maybe she's not here it, and then it the is the one after that is gonna be really sad but it's it, still gonna but it is gonna be like is a it, cha- again a chance to to deal with the prop the character properly with the with the respect that the character deserves yeah it, it is nice to get the family's blessing on that yeah 
Yeah, Lucasfilm had indicated earlier that they won't use digital technology to create a CG Leia and will be limiting themselves to the footage they have on hand. But this maybe gives them more room to use a little digital technology just to to just create like a couple things, a couple small things that will help. Yeah. Do this in a more graceful manner. Okay. So, moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. I understand you have found a thing. I found a thing, so click on the thing. It is, this is called Critical Baths. Everybody knows by now about our love for the uh, Critical Role show. What this is, is they are bath bombs with a random dye on the inside. And you get to pick... <laughs> from not only the main characters of the story, but a couple of the NPCs. Oh my god. And they are even described. So pick pick one at random. Pick oh. one at random. Percy. Okay, let's go to Percy. I already picked that one is called Bad News. Inspired by Percy the Gunslinger, the sense of sandalwood and gunpowder will transport you to late nights in the workshop at Whitestone. And my brain goes places from there, but anyway. <laughs> yes. Do you spice... <laughs> Spice, do you spice? And if you don't know who that pertains to, you haven't watched enough Critical Role. Yeah. You might just pick up the habit after bathing in the spicy clove, cinnamon, and nutmeg aroma inspired by Scanlan the Bard. These bombs also contain some glitter because, of course, they do. This bomb has a purple color burst center. Oh my god. There's one inspired by Matt Mercer, the storyteller. Dragon's blood scent. This dragon's blood scent, a blend of amber, patchouli, rose, sandalwood, with the nuances of jasmine, citrus, and subtle spices as complex and intriguing as the story weaved together by the reigning king of game masters, Mr. Matt Mercer himself. 50 cents of every storyteller bath bomb sold will go to... Oh, oh, the A26... LA. Charity. Ah, sorry, lost my tongue there. That provides students with the individualized support that they need to discover their voices through writing. This bomb has a red color burst center, so you can go and take a bath with Matt Mercer. Girl! Yeah, I, I'm going to get restraining orders from, like, Marisha <laughs> probably tomorrow. Yeah, I love that there's one for Victor, too. Yes! I love that! <laughs> Called My Mistake. I love Glorious as yeah, well. Glorious for Gilmore. So... Seriously. The bombs contain coconut oil, which will make your skin feel amazing, but can also leave you slippery. Use caution exiting the tub. It may not be lava, but it will still hurt. <laughs> and for anybody who's allergic to coconut, because yeah. we know some people who do. <laughs> yeah, the, no, no bath bombs for you. Yeah, They have a mystery dye inside that will reveal itself as the bomb dissolves. Be sure to locate the dye before you drain the water to avoid one slipping down the drain. If for some reason there is not a dye in your bomb, I probably rolled low on my tinkering check. Just shoot me a message and I will get one out to you. <laughs> nice. So yeah, oh that is a lot of fun. And if you're even if you're not a fan of Critical Role, like they're still cool, really yep. nice, smelly bath bombs and, with a dye inside. And it's Canadian five dollars and fifty five cents. So seriously, wow. Yeah, that is super cheap. That is amazing. Yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read those in detail later. Oh yes, and uh, also for the Critical Role fans on my list because on our list because I know there are people who already listen who listen who already watch Critical Role who listen, and also people who we have converted. Uh, <laughs> Our friend Marsha at One Geek to Craft All Hi, Marcia. is making Critical Role inspired stitch markers. Yay! 
<laughs> I want all of them. I seriously hope Terry and Darrington's is like super sparkly. Oh, it has to be sparkly. The gems sparkly all over and shit. Fuck. Yeah. So the people you have heard us talk about a lot lately is the blue brick. Yes. Because they have gorgeous stuff. And she has gorgeous, gorgeous yarns. And soon she has, she will have a gorgeous, gorgeous book. Which she has done all the photography for, by the way. Yeah. BT dubs. 80 pages. Damn. Yeah. 12 patterns. It's called Ombre Knits by Shireen Nadir Santana. And it's all her original patterns, which are especially designed to take advantage of the gradients that she does. And you can get it in ebook format as well. Yeah. It's available in both. Uh, it will be available in print. I think she's supposed to get the hard copies soon. Um, and it is available in ebook. Yeah, the printed book is $35. The ebook is $29. It's an 80 page collection of 12 patterns with large charts. I'm looking at the patterns right now on shoptheblubrick.ca. Shop.thebluebrick.ca. She's making a bunch of one of the kinds for the frolic. Yes, I have seen her dying. Yeah. On Instagram, and it's like, um, yeah. So, ooh, the jelly bean cowl looks really neat. Precious cowl. Samwise. Samwise. Yeah, so she has previews of all the, the patterns here. Oh, there's Arya! Yep. Her doggy. Yeah, there's some pretty, pretty stuff here. And of course, she has such gorgeous yarns. Everything looks so pretty in it. So yes, uh, I might be needing to get that book at the <laughs> Frolic as well. In fact, it sounds like we, we might be, or at least we sort of discussed, and it sounded like a good idea, we might actually be staying overnight. Yes. <laughs> the Friday, the, you know, Friday to Saturday for the yeah. Frolic. If I can get somebody to assist me with helping with the husband, then yes. Yay! Because right now, I am the morning person. Yeah. As scary as that is. Because then we can go to the Harry Potter bar the night before. <laughs> and then we can go to, we can get there bright and early for the frolic. Yep. And be very early in line so that when those doors open, we can beeline to the blue brick. As I have said to other people, this is a Miss Bab situation. Yes, this is. Um, speaking of which, Knitter's Frolic is coming up. Yes. Very. And we will be there Saturday, April 29th, I believe, is the marketplace day. Yes, that's a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So we will be there. Again, you'll probably be able to find us for lunch sitting somewhere. I'm somewhere. Sure. Yeah. yeah. This around, is... Probably around like 11, 1130 is usually when we, yeah, when we, we break grab off. lunch. I won't quite say in the dining hall area yet. Uh, we'll probably, we'll post on the Ravelry group and on Twitter. Like, yeah. if people would like to meet up but... there at a particular time, we can arrange to have lunch in a certain spot. Yeah. Um, just because it's it does get fairly busy. So it's like, I'm entirely sure where we'll be. Um, I'm definitely going hunting for the husband's yarn, whether mm -hmm. that's shelter or if we decide something else. I'm hunting for a rattle. For the loom, and I'm hunting for anything else that swings my fancy because, damn it, I've had a sucky march. Yeah. And I still have my tax return, so. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm looking for with the frolic, considering I just bought yarn and probably shouldn't be looking for much. Um, other than the blue brick. Yeah, other than the blue brick. And then I will see what strikes my fancy. Okay. Um, and I should probably, too, like, consider my pennies for the frolic because I should mention. I am going to be in Ottawa <laughs> the weekend after the frolic. I'm going up um, from basically from uh, Friday, May 5th to Monday, May 9th. I'm going to be taking the train up. Um, if there's anyone in Ottawa who would like to get together, um, at the moment, my schedule is pretty tight because I have a bunch of different stuff I want to do. <laughs> but like if we want, if someone wants to get together on like Saturday night or Sunday night and like 
just meet up at a coffee shop and knit or something like that, let me know. And yeah, so look at the look at the Ravelry group and the you know, Twitter and stuff to get an idea of like where we'll be for the frolic. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we will. Closer to the event. And also just to, I'll, you know, in case anyone wants to meet up in Ottawa, just let me know through that. And then finally, oh yeah, the other thing is, the thing which I think sort of roundabout <laughs> ends up with our review on Smart Bitches was because a couple weeks ago on Smart Bitches, uh, on their Twitter account, they tweeted out about a review of theirs about a series of romance novels with nerdy heroines. And I was like, oh, excuse me, I must read this review now. And as soon as I read the review, I was like, oh, excuse me, I must buy these books immediately. And I did. And I read the first one in like two hours. And I was like, oh, I tweeted very much about, oh my god, I love this so much. It's called the Opposites Attract series by Aaron Nicholas. Uh, The first one's called Completely Yours. Second one is called Forever Mine, I believe. And I think there's going to be three books in the series. Third one has not come out yet. The second one has only just been released. And I really love, I, like, to begin with, like, I really like romance novels. Y'all can fight me if you have a problem. Um, <laughs> I will videotape it. Yeah. But I really, I really enjoy romance novels. And as soon as I read about nerd girl heroines, I'm like, I need to check this out. And I really enjoyed the first. I've only read the first one so far. I've got the second one. I just haven't had a chance to read it because yay, end of semester. But the first one I thought was really, was really nice. The, the heroine in it is really into a, she's actually one of the game developers for a game, which is similar to World of Warcraft, basically. Um, And she also enjoys doing cosplay of it and stuff like that. And she meets the hero who's a firefighter um, when she's at a Comic-Con at the, at, you know, in fictional town. And the ce- there's the ceiling of the, the convention center collapses. Oh dear. So he gets there with, you know, the fire department to help rescue people. And she's there with her friends and they sort of meet each other that way. And, and she initially like helps him deal with the people that he's trying to treat and stuff at the scene because she can sort of talk them talk to them about nerdy shit while mm-hmm. he, you know, assesses them and keep them distracted and stuff and keep them from going into shock. And so they, they sort of start building their relationship there, even though he's like not, not nerdy. In, not nerdy and not initially not supportive of the gaming thing because he, someone close to him is sort of very heavily and he thinks, you know, way too heavily involved in said game. But I, I really like the way that it dealt with her nerdiness and Especially in this one, sort of emphasizing the the role of, like, online friends. Mm -hmm. Like, treating them like actual friends. Like, being like, yes, you can have friends that you meet online and you mainly know online. And they can be real friends. You can talk to them about stuff. Um, And for her, there's very much this feeling. It was like she, you know, at one point in her life, she sort of tried toning down the nerdiness for someone else who wasn't as supportive of her nerdiness. And now she's in the, and that relationship broke up. And now she is like, no, I am not toning down the nerdiness for anyone. He deals with the nerdiness if he wants me. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, girl, you go. So yeah, I really enjoyed the first one. I really want to read the second one. And it's sitting upstairs. And I really need to sit down and read it. Maybe I need to, ooh, maybe I should do that. Have a nice hot bath and curl up with a romance novel in bath. Uh, I don't need to know these things. Which will be a nice way to relax. And I really want the third one. Okay. Like, I want it now. Uh, I can't help you. I want it now. I can't help you. But I'm not going to be annoying Aaron Nicholas on Twitter being like, when's the third book coming out? Because that's just, you know, not good. That's a douche thing to do. Don't do it, people. But yeah, so if you you enjoy romance novels, you should definitely check it out. Even if romance novels aren't always your thing, you know, definitely, like, check it out from the library. You know, maybe having 
a heroine who is into your stuff will help. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's it. Oh, other than oh, one yes. other little happy thing. Happy, happy thing. Because it's been making me happy the last little while. It's spring, which means it's lambing season, which means that uh, I've been following a lot more sort of independent farms and stuff like that on Instagram. So I have been seeing a lot of super adorable lambs on my Instagram. So like, so you can check out at the link farm, L-I-N-C-F-A-R-M. That's link farm, which is near us. They have a whole bunch of pictures lately of really cute, adorable little lambs that have been born recently, as well as some videos. Um, there's the Ontario Wool Shed, uh, the Wool Guild, which is basically at the Wool Guild on Instagram. They have... They have a lot of, they're showing a lot of events and stuff too that they're doing, but there's also adorable little lamb photos. <laughs> and another one, which I know is really popular, is at Herdy Shepherd One, H E R D Y S H E P H E R D One, on Twitter and stuff. That's a shepherd in, they're a farm that has uh, Herdwick sheep in the Lake District in England, and author, also authored a book that I'm People might have heard about another podcast called the, called the Shepherd's Light, The Shepherd's Life. And there's lots of super adorable pictures of newborn lambs. So yes, if you want little doses of happy. The little baby lamb just born. Hello, spring. We've missed you. Yes. Thank fuck. Okay. So. Okay. I think that's it. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes on iTunes or at our blog, where you can also see our show notes and comment. That's at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find us on Twitter and Periscope at knit1geek2. You can contact us at knit1geek2 at gmail.com. And search for a group on Ravelry using Knit1Geek2. There you'll find other knitters who enjoy geeky stuff that you can squeal along with, and also where you can find updates on new episodes. And remember, in space, no one can hear you squee. Yeah. Because these are um, zipper socks that I made for myself probably, I think, two or three years ago. No, mother. Hi, my mother. Oh, watch this. This is going to be an outtakes. Mm-hmm. Oh no, she hung up. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. We're popular for some reason. With the dick. <laughs> I'm turning off my phone. Actually, no. I need to turn it off. I'll just turn off the Wi Fi. Okay, here we go. Watch. Here we go. Hi, Mom. Uh, we're recording right now, so say hi to everybody out there on the internet. Oh, I am very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, I know it's 6 o'clock. Good thing I was dressed. Sorry? Good thing I was dressed. Yeah, it's a good thing you were dressed. <laughs> Don't worry, it's only an audio podcast. Um, okay. I will message you when we get back, when I get back to the house. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, where's my stash? That will go for outtakes. Yep, that'll be the outtakes. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this tea feels so good. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I think your hair is almost in your tea. Oh, okay. <laughs> <sighs>